Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective, Battling Spiritual Wickedness in High Places, One Podcast at a Time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Jim. Uh, First of all, uh, election news, can you believe this? The uh, debates, the first Democratic debate is coming up in just three weeks, actually less than three weeks, June 26th and 27th. They have to have them like two nights consecutively because so far, 20, 20 candidates have qualified for the debate. And there's still four more days left for uh, other candidates to qualify. So they have to split it uh, between they're having 10 uh candidates each night uh, debating. And this is the first of 12, 12 debates. Wow. Uh, people are going to get tired of listening to these folks. Um, and then I guess the next debate is at the end of July, 30th and 31st, and then September 12th and 13th. Um, so lots of things to hear about uh, from all these candidates. And uh, good old Uncle Joe is still uh, leading the race, although it seems like um, he's kind of dropping in the polls because he isn't really getting out there and doing much. And then he had his flip-flop on abortion because uh, with this whole Hyde Amendment about no federal funding for abortions. Um, and that's been in place all this time, uh, even though Planned Parenthood gets hundreds of millions of dollars um, every year from the federal government. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a it's a thing in name only. Um, the, the, the money is still going to basically subsidize the operations of a, of a child killer organization, um, and a eugenicist organization. Um, but he's going back and forth because Joe's trying to be the, you know, middle of the road guy so he can appeal to working class people and, um, but middle of the road is not where the Democrats are now. Um, and so, uh, people have just been attacking him. So he had to like flip flop on this thing. And now he's against the, <laughs> the Hyde amendment, uh, because he was getting so much flack from the, you know, the diehards in the Democrat party who are the ones that come out and vote in the primaries. Um, so now he's had to waffle on that. So that's, uh, it's a bad sign for Joe. Because he's going to try to be this middle-of-the-road guy, and uh, he's just going to get pulled to the left. And so the Democrats are bound and determined to uh, to uh, nominate some, uh, some you know, basically out-and-out Marxist. Um, so, yeah. And I guess they're all uh, in Iowa this week or something, because it's the start of uh, Pride Month. Um, I, whenever I see that or hear that term as it relates to homosexuality, I always remember that verse from the Bible that says, pride goeth before destruction. And so uh, it's interesting that we get to actually see that play out um, in full force at least once a year. Uh, and, and yeah, anyway. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so, it, you know, the Democrats are going as far to the uh, left as they possibly can get. Um, not surprising from a party who took God out of their platform like way back in 2012 
and the delegates at the delegates at the convention in 2012 booed when they tried to put God back in because the powers that be in the Democrat Party realized that uh, the rest of America uh, wasn't going to be too thrilled uh, with having uh, God taken out of a party platform. Uh, but again, the delegates at the convention, these are the diehards. And so they actually booed uh, the process of putting God back in the platform. Um, and they didn't want it. It's just, yeah, okay. Um, so more and more we just see uh, God being shoved off to the side. There was some... Um, something happened in the Netherlands with like a Christian TV channel, uh, that was on there and they got, uh, pulled off the air because someone complained about their positive coverage of Israel in, in one of their programs. Um, like uh, it was a Palestinian viewer. I think it was a, a Palestinian living in the Netherlands. I think it was just like one or two people like complained about it. And that was enough to, you know, get them yanked off of. Uh, off the air. So, uh, yeah, as the world more and more turns against, uh, God and his people, um, it doesn't take much at all, uh, to get God's people silenced. So the, the devil's on a roll and, um, uh, more and more at every turn trying to get, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, silenced. Um, yet God is still, uh, saving people around the world. So, so, even when we have uh, things going on in this country and uh, major political parties and political um, people uh, pushing very anti-God things uh, on both sides of the political fence, um, it's good to know that God uh, still cares enough about people uh, to still save people, even in a culture like ours, uh, where um, more and more people just don't want to have anything to do with them. It's it's interesting too because I was thinking this week about um, just kind of the way um, the the devil in our uh, uh, culture, people in our culture, go after children. It's that time of year where people are graduating uh, from high school and college, and uh, I wind up going to a lot of graduations and events like that just because a lot of the young people at our church. Uh, are graduating. And, um, it's always interesting to me at these graduations because you always hear the young people talk and they're always so hopeful and idealistic. And to a degree that's, you know, uh, that's good. They may have been a bit shielded, uh, from reality, uh, unfortunately. Um, and so, but invariably you see this very often that a couple years down the, the road, um, you compare where these young people's lives are uh, compared to that idealism of when they were leaving high school especially. And, you know, they're going to take on the world and, you know, you hear all these, uh, I, I mean, I've been going to graduations for decades and you hear this same, you know, thing, we're going to change the world, it's our time now and da-da-da-da and all this stuff. And, um, um, but for most young people, um, they in their generation don't change the world. Uh, they become a part of the world. Um, and I think even more and more now, this, um, having grown up, uh, these kids nowadays with this, um, desire to be accepted, uh, by the world, uh, by, you know, people at school, by strangers, 
you know, through social media and how traumatized people are when, you know, people uh, defriend them or, um, you know, say bad things to them on like social media, people they don't even know in person. Um, and it's devastating to them. And I was reading something about uh, this whole idea of this kind of happiness environment, like the penultimate goal in life is to be happy. And you see this with all the, the false Christianity out there too, trying to sell the same thing. So we, you know, uh, we live in a culture that kind of promotes this, like there's this utopian happiness thing that's out there. And if, you know, this and this and this happens, then everybody will just have this idealistic life. Um, first of all, that's contrary to what the Bible says, because as long as there's sinful people in the world, there's going to be all sorts of bad things happening in life. Um, and the only time we're going to have, you know, that perfect peace and that perfect bliss is when Jesus comes back and is running everything. Uh, and even then there'll be people rebelling against him in the millennial kingdom. And so it isn't until all that's wiped out, um, when there's a new heavens and a new earth, uh, that's when you'll have perfect peace reigning. Um, but this again is a culture that's rejected God, but still has a desire for heaven. Um, they just don't want God's heaven. And they don't want God's way of getting to heaven. So they try to create heaven on earth. Um, and that's the expectation. So this is where you get like the power of positive thinking thing. And it's even crept into Christianity with these, you know, affirmational, this positive affirmation stuff and um, power of positive thinking, Norman Vincent Peale and all these sorts of things. Just all this stuff today too. Because our culture is sort of striving for this perfect life. Uh, even though um, that's not what Jesus said, uh, we'll have, you know, Christians will have uh, hardship, uh, they'll have persecution. Um, uh, but yet that's the goal. And when people don't run into that, it just, it's devastating to them. When reality hits, there was something like some 17 year old, again, I think it was in the Netherlands. They have legalized euthanasia in the Netherlands. And this uh, girl had something really tragic happen to her. I mean, I won't even talk about it, but it was truly tragic. Um, but she was so devastated by it that she didn't want to go on living anymore. And she was allowed to legally kill herself. Um, so it's not like, you know, she slit her wrists or, you know, jumped off a building. Um, this was doctor assisted suicide um, because she was sad. And she may have been justifiably sad, but the idea that um, kind of through an official channel and with the help of a doctor, one can kill themselves if uh, life doesn't turn out the way they want or if uh, tragic things happen to people in life. There's such a low threshold now uh, for um, people just thinking that life isn't worth living and this is some terrible thing. It's like, man, you know what? First of all, these are first world problems. Uh, go to other parts of the world and, you know, people can't get a clean glass of water. They're in fear of their lives all the time um, for any number of reasons. Starvation uh, and, you know, bad people around. They live in a dangerous culture. Um, all sorts of things. And uh, it's been that way throughout most of human history. Uh, you're less likely to have bad things happen to you now than at almost any time in history, anywhere on the planet. Um, if you live in like the developed world, but this expectation of this heaven on earth, um, has, uh, so affected people that, um, anything short of that, 
uh, just seems tragic. And then the devil's really got people fooled because people will exit this life. And if they've died in their sins, they wind up in hell forever. And now they're in a place that's, that's infinitely worse. Uh, and there's nothing they can do to get out of there. They can't even kill themselves to make that stop. So what a tragedy. Um, but again, that's this expectation. And so um, you have, it's just interesting to see these young people as they get older, like into their early 20s. And uh, I've always said to people, and the pastor of our church says this too, you know, there's periods of time in your youth that really affect the direction of the rest of your life. Um, he says, you know, from 15 to 25, you know, you can really mess up your life. And I, I think particularly like 18 to 22, 23, all you have to do is make a couple of really bad decisions uh, or even decisions that don't seem so bad at the time, but they send your life off into such a different trajectory that you're never able to actually get back. And all you can do once you're down that path is try to make that path as good as it can be. Um, but for a lot of people, there's no way back out of that um, just because life happens. This is particularly um, true with young people who grow up in church. Um, and I think uh, the adults in their lives underestimate the power and influence uh, that the devil and his children in this world have on them. Because you see all these kids, once they turn 18, or once they move out of their parents' house, uh, they don't show up to church anymore. Uh, they're not reading their Bibles. Um, they may uh, renounce their, you know, so-called faith. Um, and people, the you know, the grown-ups will say, well, you know, I think they're backsliding or, uh, you know, something's happened and they're just not as strong in their faith. And it's like, well, um, maybe they never had faith. Uh, just because their parents made them go to church, uh, you know, or... They got praised for memorizing Bible verses in Sunday school. That um, doesn't mean they're saved. It just means they did things to make the grown-ups happy. Um, you know, uh, you can test this. Uh, tell your kids that uh, from now on they can decide if they want to go to church with you on Sunday morning and see what happens. Most parents won't do that, though, because I think they're kind of uh, afraid of what their kids might decide. Um, you know, is there a hunger for God and his people and his word and praising him? Hmm. I don't know. But I think because um, with kids that grow up in church, the grown-ups think that, you know, they have this faith. Um, and so when they're assaulted by these things of the enemy uh, in school in particular um, and with their friends, or with the media they consume, they I think they assume too much about these kids being able to discern uh, what's uh, right and what's wrong, because they attribute to them a faith that may not be there, um, just because uh, the kids know how to act Christianly around other Christians. And so, I, I mean, I know some young people that have been involved in our church that uh, once they turned 18, uh, you don't see them on Sunday morning. There's some of them I haven't seen in years. Um, and so, okay, what's going on there? Um, yeah, are they doing anything Christian? Uh, how would someone know they're a Christian? 
if they just spent time with them? How would they even know? So, um, so when uh, you have schools, for example, constantly pounding things into these kids' heads about uh, the God of the Bible, um, and whether it's you know God doesn't exist uh, because evolution is God, and they're you know kids are uh, you know they have that pounded in their head year after year after year. Um, or that God is hateful because he doesn't approve of people's sin, <laughs> uh, or because um, uh, God says there's only one way uh, to him, and that's through Jesus. Uh, Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. Um, so that doesn't leave a lot of room for Muhammad or Buddha. Um, or whether... Uh, young people are just taught that sin isn't very serious. Uh, look at all we uh, mentioned last time, the, uh, you know, the sex ed that's going on in California, which, uh, you know, and of course these, a lot of these programs are run by Planned Parenthood. So a company that makes money from pregnancy is getting to sexualize children in classrooms, in school, uh, and being paid with taxpayer money. So you think Planned Parenthood has a vested interest in getting those kids sexualized so that they will engage in these activities and the girls will become pregnant? Because the younger a child is, the less likely she's going to be able to raise another child. And so uh, there's Planned Parenthood offering, you know, that abortion cookie. Uh, right out in front of them and just dangling that for them as an option. And so a company that makes money from pregnancy is teaching kids about sex. <laughs> um, and, and we could go on and on again with, you know, the, the things that are consumed in the media and the kinds of people and the behaviors that are glorified. Um, and even in, uh, even in the household, you know, how are, how are parents behaving? Um, parents can take their kids to church. Um, but, um, if the parents aren't living the way God says a saved person should live, then all that does is teach the kids that, um, as long as you say the right things, you can act any way you want to. You can be a hypocrite. And people will still tell you you're saved. So you don't have to worry about hell or anything else. Just keep living the way you want to, as long as you know how to say the right things at the right time in the right places to the right people. Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the biggest enemy of children's souls uh, tend to be the adults in their lives. Uh, and the adults that um, uh, are put in position of authority. Teachers. Uh, sadly, parents. Um, and so this is why, uh, you know, people worry about sheltering their kids. Yeah, don't worry about sheltering your kids from evil stuff. Um, you should stay away from that. The Bible says abstain from every form of evil. And so if that means keeping your kids away from uh, these evil things in the world, so be it. Uh, that's why I'm such an advocate of not putting children in public schools. 
uh, cause that is just, that's the devil's factory. Uh, everything about that environment is set up to undermine a child's soul. Um, the education, the peer pressure, the kinds of people, uh, that they encounter, um, uh, the, the values that are instilled, um, you know, seven, eight hours a day, five days a week. The, the, Teachers and the school spends more time with the kids than the parents do. Um, more waking time. So uh, that's why I think churches, uh, you know, I, I think it's great that churches give money to missionaries and have all these other programs. But um, first and foremost, in my opinion, churches should be setting money aside uh, to educate the children in their church. Uh, in a Christian school or through homeschooling or homeschool co-ops, uh, something to get them out of that environment. Um, because, uh, your kids might not be saved. And if they, um, if they are in those environments getting these values instilled in them five days a week for 12 years, um, don't think that doesn't have an impact. And don't be shocked when your kids turn 18 or move out of your house and all, and all of a sudden you never see them in church anymore. Um, they're not reading their Bibles. And they're not behaving like a Christian is supposed to behave. And they're doing all sorts of things. And their life has gone off in a tragic direction. Don't be surprised. Um, because the devil sows seeds as well. And if um, if he's sowing these seeds... Uh, through your child's entire childhood, um, don't think that that isn't going to have an impact. Uh, so it, it's just amazing. There's so many things and uh, things that we talked about Disney last time, and you know, like the uh, ABC uh, quote unquote family channel. And so all this stuff is masquerading as something that's uh, kid friendly, and it's not. The devil's just out to get young people. Um, and so, but this shouldn't be, uh, much of a surprise because even Jesus talked about, uh, this, uh, Jesus said, this in Matthew 18, uh, verse six. And, um, I think he was probably talking about, uh, Christians in general, but the terminology he uses, I think, really puts um, an interesting focus on young people because he was talking about um, children. Uh, if he started in verse 4, he said, uh, Whoever therefore humbles himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such little child in my name receives me. And then verse 6, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble... It would be better for him that a huge millstone should be hung around his neck and that he should be sunk in the depths of the sea. It would be better for that to happen to someone rather than what is going to happen to them uh, if they lead these little ones who believe in him uh, to stumble. And so even if your kid is saved, if they're getting all this stuff pushed into their head, um, about um, the world's values rather than God's values. Uh, and we're going to start to see, like I said, um, June is Pride Month. <laughs> so 
going to get a lot of messages about what's acceptable and what's good. Uh, and not just on that issue, uh, but there's stuff every day. Uh, don't let your kids watch television. They'll get a whole bunch of messages on what's good and what isn't. Um, and they uh, almost always conflict with what God said is what's good and what isn't. So, um, you know, uh, train up your child in the way you should go. Uh, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So train the child up. Don't let the world train up your children. Because that's what the world's doing. Because the devil is out to destroy souls. Um, and um, um, make sure that uh, you're not giving the devil fertile soil uh, in which to sow his evil seeds. That's going to do it for this time. Take care, everybody. God bless you.